Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, product versus marketing design. Our thanks to Envision for sponsoring this week's episode. No follow-up. All right, let's get to our main topic. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I did have some follow-up. Um, okay, okay. So in previous episodes, we talked about sleep cycle. Uh, and I have tried it twice since. Um, and basically, it wakes me up five minutes <laughs> before I usually wake up. <laughs> Great so, success. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's not mega useful for me. But uh yeah, that's it. <laughs> Maybe like you're on such a like internal clock, you know, scheduled, you know, thing. You're such a machine right now and so used to that that your body kind of I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Do you like do you always every single day wake up at the same time? During the week, yes, but during the weekend I need to catch oh, up on yeah, some okay. sleep. So I I sleep later. Sure. Um yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I am so used to this that my my system adapted to <laughs> this time. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's it? The follow-up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there isn't much to say about it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it, it finally came to a conclusion, all this <laughs> sleep tracker saga. <laughs> okay. Um, for our main topic, I propose this product versus marketing design and as with pretty much all topics i'm not super sure where this is going so let's find out uh <laughs> and i bring this because uh for a bunch of reasons uh i've been uh, doing some some marketing design work lately and it has it was something that i haven't done in a long while like at least since i joined netlify for that's for sure so almost like two years so for a while, but I was very used to back in agency days, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that was mostly what I did, you know? Um, so it was very interesting to me how different, uh, you know, having been working, doing just product design for so long now, uh, going back to that marketing mindset, if that makes sense. Um, so what do you consider marketing design? Um, well, I guess just, you know, for the sake of argument saying like, landing pages like websites you know communicating a message okay um you know is that clear (laughs) right right so like not so basically anything that isn't um like (laughs) effectively a tool that users can use to do something like where basically the main purpose is get information right yeah marketing Yeah, yeah yeah like uh you know like lyft it is an app for drivers and, and for passengers and all, but lift.com is a marketing page. Right? Cool. So the dot coms. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was like whilst I was doing it, I was uh, trying to pick up like how different some things are, uh, how very much alike some other things are, uh, what was different like from my previous experience uh, and what the patterns were 
and i've just been like interested it's been curious to me trying to like figure out exactly what is different because in the end you're doing design work uh but it feels so much different (laughs) it's like a different profession to me like i'm being honest um so i guess before we start uh digging into into that uh do you like you work uh mostly in product right is that correct or yeah mostly i mean definitely yeah (laughs) um so did you like did you have uh do you have a lot of experience doing more marketing uh things i wouldn't say a lot um but Mm. i by the time that i joined shopify i think i had more marketing experience Mm -hmm. than product design um I, I would, but I was mostly doing like small websites for clients or startups and stuff like that. So yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have considered them marketing at the time, but I, I think looking back, they definitely were. Um, so, but honestly, like that's maybe like a year or two, um, worth of, worth of stuff. So, right. Yeah, it's funny how you mentioned that at the time you didn't even think of it as being more marketing, but like I'm the same way. For me, for the longest time, I was I was a designer, you know, UI UX designer, <laughs> you know, all <laughs> right. of that um, until I actually started doing product, pure product design, mm-hmm. and then I stuck with it for so long. Uh, I mean, so long, two years. Um, well, and before that, I was doing a lot of like break to safe and all the side projects again. But anyway, so so long for my career (laughs) um Mm -hmm. that now going back i'm like oh my god this is uh, this is very different um and like i said like if i were to only do marketing design now like from now on i would i would actually like reconsider if i would call myself like a (laughs) does like if I, i i would felt i would feel the need to add that like marketing designer web designer like that you know something I, I don't know or just a designer to me now if i would if i would only do marketing design and call myself just a designer which is what i call myself nowadays it feels like it's so, it feels so different that i kind of f- feel the need to find a new word for it that even makes sense Ah, huh, interesting i like uh-huh. i don't know i tend to put everyone in the same same bucket <laughs> and be like well, you're a designer. Some people are better in product. Some people are better in marketing. But I, I think it's should be easy enough to kind of bridge between the two. That or right. I don't want to say easy. I that's probably a wrong choice of word for me. But I think there's to the general public like there isn't that much of a difference. Like I think it, it yeah, is a big like- difference for us. But externally, when talking to other stakeholders that aren't designers, I don't think it means that much to them. Right. And, and, I mean, granted, there's a lot, like most of our skills translate well mm-hmm. between more like marketing or product. Um, and yes, like I, I feel like historically for people who are not designers, when you think of a designer, like in, in the digital age, you mostly think like graphic designer and like people doing this, you know, mm-hmm. it's the classic, can you, can you design me a website? You know, it's, it's the go-to is it's, it's what people assume you do because <laughs> being more specific, like product design 
to people outside the industry is kind of like alien, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And, and I would say it's more common to do marketing work than product work. Uh, at least maybe this is not true, but I speak from experience at least. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I feel like there is so many product designers these days that I actually do wonder if, if like the, the balance hasn't tipped over by now. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. When I look around me, like in, in you know, in a Silicon Valley uh, bubble, maybe mm. like outside in the real world, like <laughs> wow! Did you hear that, everyone? Silicon Valley is not the real world. <laughs> it it isn't. <laughs> it really is not. <laughs> you're you're in the matrix. I mean, but I say even here in Montreal, like there are a lot of product designers. Um, and not saying that there isn't like the traditional designers anymore, but that it definitely seems like everyone going to design today is going into product design. Really? That see, that's very interesting. It's not the same thing for so me th- here. So that is my perspective. I might I might be wrong. Um, but mm-hmm. I see a lot of product design. Because for you to be a product designer, you have to work at a product company. Or for you know for a product you can be like freelancer or agency or whatever, uh, there has to be a product to design, <laughs> and uh, well at least like here in my city in my country, there are not that many product companies. Mm-hmm. It's mostly agencies, <laughs> like a lot of agencies. Like I would say eighty percent, ninety are like agencies, um, you know building. Granted, products and but mostly marketing pages for other clients. So, right. anyway, uh, that's interesting. So, okay, let's let's try to find what's different about those two things and and what's kind of similar. Um, I would say I would start by saying that it was very different to me having a client again, and like that client is not. Maybe client is not the right word. It, like you, someone like running the project, and that person has, you know, the final say on things. Um, and again, I'm I'm still unsure what is my experience or what is like just the, you know, the general truth about this. Uh, so correct me, like if this doesn't feel, if this doesn't ring true for your experience. So we could also detect some patterns here. But like when I'm doing product. I'm working with a product team and we have our goals. We know like what do we have to do and we have to find an answer to solve a problem. And that's like, that is what we're trying to do. It almost feels like the answer is somewhere there and we're only trying to find it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we are designing a tool. So, you know, usability, um, things being very like obvious and following like logic and don't you know design around users' expectations and all like you don't you don't want to be surprised <laughs> a lot of time when using a especially a professional tool. Um, so I it's, feel like it's a like lot the of these apply is, to marketing design as well. No, I don't see it. Like like in marketing, there's one goal, which is like to communicate a message, and so that can be. Communicate how good our product is. Communicate what features does our product have. Communicate our pricing. Communicate the about our company, you know, what our company values are. It's like communicating a message. And 
the design is mostly like, how do you write that message? You know, and there's a lot of combination using tone, and that's a lot, you know, about copywriting. Like, how do you, like, how does the book look like? <laughs> because well, you know, you know for like, gra- there's also an element of um, of clarity in in the design, and like making sure to to match people's expectations for say, like your sign up page. Like that needs to be easy to use, and like you probably shouldn't have this crazy sign-up form <laughs> that is like feels very novel, but that people don't know how to use, you know? Um, and, and while uh, there's like more than one solution, um, I do think that there is such a thing as like a quote-unquote good marketing page versus a quote-unquote bad marketing page. Um, and that like, you ideally, I think, should start those projects with specific problems in mind. So the types of of, uh, of problems that you might have might be different than on, on your product, but might be like, people don't know that we offer X feature because <laughs> uh, we're not telling them on the marketing website. And so how do we surface that better? Well, to me, that's very objective and not necessarily about telling a story or anything like that it's it really is about like setting the right expectations and and like articulating your message in like a clear and concise way no i don't disagree <laughs> like yes okay let me I, I feel like i'm failing at communicating what i feel um like okay i did some research when working on this project and i looked at a lot of marketing pages um some great ones i mean we have to bring up stripe they're they're kicking ass yeah um, for sure (laughs) like oh my god that's like my you know like the best of the best that's in my opinion um and i'm not saying that you know it's easy by any means of course but like the thing is let's let's pick like 10 of my favorite go-to design uh, landing pages um they all look the same <laughs> in a way that like there's it's a bit formulaic um how you how you lay down like uh, uh, this narrative of a landing page um it's like big bold heather communicate the main message and then like the grid you know like illustration or screenshot on the right text on the left <laughs> vice versa if you want to be fancy uh, you know, centered headlines, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we have like a cutout, a section which it maybe has a different background, maybe has a big gradient, maybe has a big illustration, <laughs> whatever, to like kind of like, you know, bring back excitement and make things look different and new so you keep engaged. Um, that it's a bit formulaic. And the reality was when I tried to drift away from that, like try to break away from that monotony, um, you either going to dedicate a lot of time and effort to really nail it down or like you're going to fail because this is formulaic for a reason. Uh, <laughs> like it's a big risk to try to be very different. So, and uh, granted, this applies to products as well. Like don't try to reinvent the paradigms of the, the platform you're building for. Um, I mean, you can, you can definitely try. It's going to be very hard. So you really have to, you know, be very confident they're doing the right thing. Because usually if you stick around with the, defaults uh you're gonna be fine so there's a lot of things that apply there but like um on marketing is 
like we know what we want to say. So maybe we have the copyright. Maybe we have like the the the, the outline. We have the, the the bullet points that we want to communicate. And then is how are we going to make this feel good? How are we going to make this look good and and communicate a, a good like communicate effectively what our brand stands for, how our brand feels like? Like we kind of know what we have to do. And the problem we're trying to solve is how do we do it? Like how do we you know, how do you design this content? Whilst on product, most of my discussions and most of my work is like even figuring out what do we want to do? Like it's, it starts deeper, if that makes sense. Like, are we even going to build this feature? What is this feature? Where should it live? How should it live? Why should it live? And all of that stuff starts first. Whilst on marketing, you're not going to decide like, but what kind of features are we going to have? You know, like no, you have you know well, but what that, we have those to are say. different problems. <laughs> but it it can be questions like, um, what kind of um need that people have when they visit our website, and what do they expect to find? You know, and to me, like that is very much something that design can be involved in. Um. I think it's like one of the examples in the design sprint book is actually the um, the Slack sort of onboarding. And they started very early on. They started of like someone is reading the New York Times and sees uh, an article mentioned Slack. And then they get to the website and how do they get now like figure out what the product is about so that they can sign up and then start the onboarding. And so I think we can provide some value there and so you're right that it's not like do we build this feature or not um although sometimes marketing can also be useful for that of like hey we have all these people who search for this thing and cannot find it on the website because we don't have the feature maybe we should build it uh, and then passes that along to the product team um <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i'm honestly i see a lot of similarities between product and marketing um for me one of the biggest (laughs) differences is that with marketing it seems like you have more of a like complete control over everything whereas on product you really don't (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so for example like on a marketing website like the website is the website there's everything that you see is something that has been design and handcrafted to be this way versus Mm -hmm. on product well you never know like someone might have ten thousand products or someone might have zero products in their shopify admin for example and like that means very different things and there's so many different options and variations or if you think about um our checkout experience well our checkout experience can be customized um and so that means that on Every time I visit like a Shopify checkout, it never is necessarily perfect in the way that I intended it. (laughs) Whereas I feel like on the marketing front, it would be more like closer to the image that we have in our hand because in our head, because we directly can manipulate that and there's no kind of user input that goes into it. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yes, you control way more. You, you have more control over the message on marketing than on product. And I guess this whole like design systems thing is kind of to design around that as well on product. Right. So, yeah. Um, like how this behaves and like you know, 
designing in components and all that you can bring some of that stuff to marketing but it's it's less useful um yeah another thing know, that i uh, like about marketing design is the um, the fact that it can be inspiring you know that you can be a little bit looser and and kind of use the product not to just show a feature but to show like show people a better version of themselves and it's kind of like a i feel like it's a nice way to like figure out how to to going back to your point of like telling that story of the product um so you're kind of i don't know i i feel like you're you're wrapping everything together and like you're creating this image or you're like highlighting users of your product like there's there's something to it to me that feels highly motivating um because in order to be able to sell the product that that you're working on you have to be convinced that it's that it's good and it's having a positive impact so um going through that process kind of forces you to look at these the ways that your your product impacts real users which is always interesting um do you feel like maybe we could say uh product you're designing something for the users to control and drive like you're designing a car to let people drive in whilst on marketing you are driving the user you know you are you are directing the visitor i guess for the story that you want to tell yeah i like that analogy a lot right so on product you design the car to let people drive it and on marketing you drive someone like yeah the visitor is the passenger um yeah, that's yeah. a really cool way to look at it. Yeah, I like that. Right. So there's there's like different things that you have to focus and let's let's keep with the car analogy until I ruin it forever. <laughs> <laughs> until you crash it like, into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you're designing a car for someone else to drive it, you have to really be uh mindful about, you know, making sure that uh the user knows how to, you know, read the like the dashboard and and make sure it has a lot of visibility and make sure that you know the seat belts are great uh <laughs> whilst if you're if your main focus is to drive someone around maybe your priorities are you know do we have a lot of uh you know a lot of glass and is 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 are the seats comfortable you know and uh <laughs> is the 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 temperature of the car nice you know you just want to make them feel good and and feel like keep Keep it engaged to whatever you're showing them. <laughs> that makes sense. And I think we're ruining it, the analogy. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, ideally, I, f I feel like I would want marketing and product to be really close to one another. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that, not necessarily officially, but that we've been trying to do a Shopify um, mm. and ha like what we're thinking about having like a more coherent, consistent experience and kind of having setting the right expectations for users. Um, so I do think it's like an interesting thing to look out for is do we see in the future more teams going down that route of um, having marketing and product sort of behave more similarly to one another mm -hmm. 
That is very interesting. And I, I don't know what the reality is. Like, I know that a lot of companies, um, like their marketing presence is very, maybe it's outsourced. You know, they hired someone um, to build their, their website for it. Mm. Um, that is very common. I just don't know where the tendency is. Like, if we're doing more of that or less of that. Um, I know from experience that we are trying to do it the other way around. I mean, like you mentioned a lot of good reasons, you know, keep a consistent, uh, cohesive look of the brand, um, you know, like make it look the same, <laughs> set expectations accordingly. Uh, but also like for me in products, the marketing is for a lot of most of our users, like the starting point of our user journey. Right. So that's yeah. where they come from. And I, I would like to control their experience starting from there, you know, like from, from the first minute, uh, the user sees our brand and our product. Um, so, you know, think like, I don't know, like, uh, probably Slack. I, I don't know if this is for sure. I don't know if Slack's, um, marketing page is made in house now, the, this version. I know, I think it was Wino, right. That, that designed, um, Slack's, um, landing that's possible. i also know that uh, uh, josh williams designed abstracts landing page which is great but you know it, again it was not the abstract team um designing the website so we and netlify are trying to change that right now we're trying to control a little bit more um we also hired some help uh, by the way but we we want we would like to gradually move some of our efforts marketing efforts to doing it in-house as well um hey we're hiring uh <laughs> uh hint um but yeah i don't know i don't know where what the trend is there but isn't it kind of hmm, like what does it say of companies take abstract okay um i hope we're not going to say anything bad about them we love abstract uh love their product uh, and they have a, a, an amazing team right designing their product but they they hired someone from the outside to 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 design and build their their landing page their marketing presence mm -hmm. so what does that say like does that say that they don't care as much like it's not as important to the team you know <laughs> i well i don't think you can say that um personally i often feel like we can do this <laughs> that that tends to be my uh, first reaction like being someone on the inside and be like why are we hiring mm -hmm. these people like we can do this we have we have the skills we can like we can do that um but in some cases i think having a, an external perspective can actually be really valuable um especially since this is the the front door to your product Uh, and this is going to be someone's first experience with your product. So actually being someone who knows the product really well uh, harms you in a lot of ways and makes it more difficult for you to sort of empathize with someone that has no idea what your product is, is about. Um, so I can see some benefits there. I can also see like in smaller startups like, like Abstract, and I don't know which size they are, they're at now. Um, but that in ten twenties less than twenty, right? Um, that they might they might be short on on talent, and the <laughs> they they might prefer to spend their time on working on product, um, and then outsource kind of the marketing aspects 
because uh, uh, to be fair, it's probably easier to outsource a one-off marketing landing page than it would be to outsource like building one of your new features, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that requires a lot more back and forth. Um, also, it's way less dangerous or destructive to completely change the marketing page and completely change the product. Well, so that depends, right? right? <laughs> Cuz if it's hmm. if it's your sign up page, hmm. then that's like extremely high pressure. And if that doesn't work out, then you have a problem, you know? Um just think of like how um how rarely the Facebook login and sign up page changes. Like I don't think it's changed in Facebook doesn't like even the, have a marketing presence. <laughs> like a marketing they page. They barely I mean page. they have one page, right? <laughs> that's about it um and that's kind of an interesting angle like uh, twitter either they basically have like just a sign up form and then three bullet points and that's it maybe that's their problem and i'm actually well (laughs) i don't know because i think twitter would benefit also is very kind of bare bones but facebook like facebook had what like a month of people not really knowing what Facebook was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then yeah. all of a sudden, you had a whole world of new, right? Or was signed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is an interesting assumption where like these two websites both assume, of course, you know what we are. And so... And that's the problem. And so what... Twitter. And so what the design needs to do is just get the job done <laughs> like make it as simple as possible so that the only thing you can possibly do on this page is sign up for the service um mm-hmm. in the case of facebook seems to be working really well um because knowing facebook as a company like they seem like they're a company who's very willing to experiment and try things that convert better um so it seems like the the, the page that they have now uh, must be working really well for them in the case of twitter uh, it's a more complex uh, rationale, I think. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's it's harder for me to understand it from the outside. Um, and to be fair, I don't know. Like, maybe that is what works best for Twitter, um, rather than showing people a timeline, like some sort of timeline or popular tweets or something like that. Um, maybe n- not having any of that stuff pushes people to create an account because they just want to see the basics whereas if they had that on the home page then maybe they wouldn't even need to sign up i don't know <laughs> you kind of get into the dark pattern there but mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not sure to be honest like what drives these marketing pages to be that way but anyways i think we're now i was trying to think of we're getting carried example. away here yeah maybe <laughs> well it's 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 under the same topic, I guess. You could still apply it. Because again, like the, the goal of marketing pages to communicate what the product is. If everyone knows what the product is, you don't need that. And what you need is <laughs> sign-up form or login button. Um, that's very interesting. Like you get to a point where you don't need a marketing page. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. We're not there. Yeah, yet. <laughs> it makes me think of of like Twitter's uh, Twitter's marketing at some point. Um, I got at an ad from Twitter and it was like, Twitter, don't worry. It's just Twitter. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's like the worst marketing ever. But it's like, yeah, I guess they assume that everyone just knows what Twitter is. And to be fair, like, I don't, I don't know that you can blame them for it. 
you know? Like, you, just, you well, can't turn the TV on without seeing everyone's Twitter username. And hashtags are well, okay, everywhere. Okay, so... He- yeah, we are getting carried away, but but I can't let this pass. Like I, I think Twitter has, like you said, like probably more of a social presence, like in the media. You know, like everyone, like journalists, uh, athletes. You know, you're watching sports, or like everyone has their Twitter uh, handle next to their name, right? It's like it's everywhere. I see hashtags everywhere. It's every everyone knows about Twitter. Even more so, like than than Facebook, uh, you know, in in the media. But the problem is, everyone knows what like about Twitter, but they don't know what Twitter is, or how do you do it? Like, I see that everyone's on Twitter, but how? What do I do? You know. So, <laughs> for the longest time, like, I don't think, I think they 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 could probably use a better marketing page, explaining a bit better, like communicating this narrative of what Twitter is what you could do with it and why do you want to do it mm-hmm. you know use it so interesting maybe maybe they, they just yeah they, they, they skip that and probably hurt them i don't know <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's so easy to like criticize twitter uh yeah <laughs> so sorry i love twitter all right a quick break from our discussion to tell you about our sponsor this week and once again Our sponsor is Envision. Envision is the digital product design platform used to make the world's best customer experiences. Envision provides design tools and educational resources for teams to navigate every stage of the product design process from ideation to development. And talking about those educational resources, we also told you about those. Like they have the designbetter.co website and they have, aside from their product, they have a lot of material that you can learn from. But more than 3.5 million people use Envision to create a repeatable and streamlined design workflow, rapidly design and prototype products before writing code, and collaborate across their entire organization. The companies that make the products that you love the most, including Airbnb, Amazon, HBO, Netflix, Nike, Slack, Starbucks, Uber, and it's not on the read, but Shopify with Kevin, um, they all use Envision. So, Envision helps companies design better products faster. If you want to know about them and, vi- and visit their marketing page <laughs> and see how they tackle this problem of, you know, communicating their Envision message, you can see that at envisionapp.com. That's envisionapp.com. Our thanks to Envision for sponsoring uh, Layout. All right, back to the discussion. Boom. Uh, maybe, okay, so you've been sort of uh, working on and and researching into marketing web pages, and you mentioned that kind of sort of formula, uh, but I was wondering, like, mm-hmm. we m- might have listeners who either want to get more into marketing design or have a marketing kind of page to design. Um, so do you have tips or things that you think make a good marketing uh, page? I think... Uh, even more so than in product, like in marketing, content is everything. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really true. And I've been doing this, and I've been very fortunate to, you know, have amazing content and amazing people helping me with this. It makes my job just so much easier. If you have like that perfect, you know, 
like one sentence Heather, like their one hero, their one big headline. Like that is the the most important ingredient in that in their recipe. Like how you style it is very important. Uh, but I think the way you style it and the way you group it is more like what it's doing is more communicating how your brand and your product feels like and what you value and like what kind of tone do you want to communicate. But what do you say? That content, that copywriting is way more important, I think, than everything else. Unless, like, I guess maybe. Maybe like if you're, um, you know, selling an app, showing that app. Uh, I mean, a, a good landing page, a good marketing page that I, I'm really into lately is Sketches uh, landing page. Um, by the way, your, we can put links in the show notes. But it's uh, sketchapp.com, I think. And that is not so much like the actual content. Uh, I mean, the, like the copy, um, although that, that is brilliant and it's on point. But it's how you show your product this case right and granted like i've been the the examples because of the research because of what i'm doing i've been looking a lot at examples in where what they're trying to sell is like software <laughs> basically <laughs> or a service so for example like for netlify for sketch for stripe uh, even like um you can't really use photography <laughs> and photography is a great way to engage people because humans we love like photography we love our world something that is familiar you relate to uh, you can see beauty in it immediately right so using photography taking advantage of that is a very easy way to to do something that is beautiful and engaging um and i mean just two days ago i think uh, stripe came up uh, with a new landing page for like their uh, like energy environment uh, efforts whatever um, again we can get uh, links in the show notes um, and that was like the first page i've seen on stripe that has a uh, a, a photo <laughs> true yeah um, with some with some very fancy uh, svg preloaders thing <laughs> um which is amazing so anyway and that was like that was shocking to me like whoa what is it like this wasn't stripe <laughs> to me um, by the way, link is uh, stripe.com slash environment. Um, so th- I guess that is a tip. Like if you can use photography, that is a very easy way to get started and create something that is beautiful. If you're selling software like a service or something like 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 I am, it's trickier because um, you have to communicate stuff. Like even for me, the and I think that's why we, we've been seeing a lot of um i would say it's like the new golden age of illustration in digital marketing uh like a couple of years back is because we got to a point in where a lot of products that we're trying to sell and and to show um like you can use a photo you can use photography because that's not like your product is software and you can't really use even screenshots like sketch can because what you can do with sketch you know is a tool to design stuff that you can pretty much put everything there Mm. um but like if you're selling a service like github or something even screenshots are not that awesome (laughs) and appealing so you have to communicate what you're trying to sell in a different way if you have some sort of interface please show it (laughs) that is one of like my biggest pet peeves which like in turns like becomes almost like a good rule of thumb whenever i'm looking at products if you do not see a screenshot of the interface on the website that means the interface is garbage like it never is a good sign and maybe github is like 
the one exception. Although I haven't seen the GitHub homepage in a while. Um, they have a new one. They're doing great. It, it looks great. Let me open it real quick. Um, but yeah, like the interface is extremely important, at least to me as a user. And not being able to see that on your website actually reduces my trust that you that the interface is one of the things you care about um so if you can show see, it then <laughs> that is for me a, a big selling point i don't think that's fair for a lot of use cases in in some cases like say you're offering a service then obviously you can't really show anything but right um i'd say like if it's any other type of service where I'm supposed to interact with it, then I like it way better when I can see what it's going to be like. And um, so I'm browsing the GitHub website right here, and it's not really necessarily showing uh, anything on the homepage, but if you drill down, uh, it gives you a lot of screenshots of what the interface looks like. So uh, good job. It does. Well, but, you know, we, we've already crowned the king, which is Stripe. Stripe doesn't show you screenshots. That is true, and that might be the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> well, because like that's not it. You're not selling the interface for the better, you know, for the good or the bad or whatever. Um, I can see that though. Anyway, uh, so I kind of forgot where we were talking about. What we were talking about? Um, <laughs> we're talking about like your tips for people designing marketing pages. Oh right, yeah. So photography—if that's a no-go, show your interface. If it not, it's not really the interface that's going to sell your products. More like what you do. Illustration is always a very good uh, way to go as well. So hire a good illustrator, and that's another way to like to communicate visually something that is it can be more like abstract. <laughs> um, um, so how do you work with with content on something like a, a marketing website? Do you get all the content done by someone before you start? Do you work closely with them? Do you start with design and then kind of fill in the content as you go? So I, I feel an impo- I feel like I'm an imposter talking about this because I just have this very like short two week experience, and it's not really representative of how we do stuff. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we did start it with like just paper. Our marketing pages started on Dropbox paper as an outline, as, you know, text. And that was it. And kind of like create the outline of the narrative they're trying to communicate, then create the copy, like something that we can base, you know, we can like design around. And once we got a good structure, even though the the copy was not final, once we got a good structure, I, you know, we we had someone help us and design like the the layout, the base the structure and bones of the of the thing, and then I just came in and like tried to make that more like our own, and then that's where I injected like more of the brand, more of our tone, and as you go, you also like you learn new stuff, like stuff that I can't really talk about, but <laughs> but you know, like it, you're you're always gonna learn about what you're doing and infer previous you know work and future work and that is like don't something that i really don't like is to lock phases like oh copyright is final next is like visual design you mm-hmm. know and you can't change the copy even if the layout and the visual design is asking for it yeah uh, and then like another thing that i hate is like oh design is final is locked now it's you know 
now it's implementation time. And whilst you are implementing and coding a design, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you should be able to change stuff and to adapt and to go back and revisit and improve on. So... Yeah, I think I guess it's my the design the the content influences the design and the design influences the content. And so I agree with you like it goes both ways. Um and right. so that's why yeah. close collaboration with content strategists is always super important. Absolutely. Nice. Um and honestly like in some cases like you, you might not have content strategists like i like that was just not a thing that i had uh before i joined shopify and even at shopify like w- when i started we just we had maybe one or two <laughs> um and so i just had to write content and run it by other people on the team and we kind of like roll with whatever we had and i think that's also fine you know like don't don't think you need like a, a specific title to be able to write content like i think everyone right. on the team should feel empowered to do so um obviously ask for feedback but um like any content is going to be better than lorem ipsum <laughs> so like if you can have at least a base to work off of then then start there and and like as you practice more and more, you'll just get better at, at writing content. And that's a really useful skill as a designer to have. So you're not really losing anything. Okay, so in in our, our show notes, um, you have an entry here that says the force of sound. What mm. is that? <laughs> what do you think it is? <laughs> I have no idea. This the force of sound. Okay, I think this is a documentary on the sound design of Star Wars. Are you shitting me? Did you Google? No, it? I didn't. That's exactly what it yes. is. Yes. <laughs> but okay, maybe it's unfair to call it a documentary because it's. But sure. <laughs> so yeah, my recommendation, uh, Kevin spoiled it already, is a video that you can watch online uh, on ABC something whatever the URL is. We'll put links in the show notes as usual. Um, so it's on ABC somewhere, and this is like a twenty-ish minute long. Um, a special about sound design in the in the last jedi the last star wars movie and oh cool i probably probably mentioned this uh sometime in the show that i i love sound design like i don't think i think if i wasn't a designer i would probably be a sound designer which is a cop-out but i like i <laughs> love that um <laughs> so every time i got a chance to to see something of this like in this genre uh, i'm all over it like my favorites ever is one on the sound design of wally which is very interesting because like wally is of course a digital like animated movie so every single sound has to be like man-made right they, they're not record there are no actors there are no you know 
and so like a lot of Star Wars as well. There's one with uh, Ben Burt. Uh, he's uh, he's the like the lead sound designer of Star Wars universe uh, for the longest time. Not on this one, I think he retired or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, like I'm all over this. And, and when this came out, uh, I think Ryan Johnson tweeted this today. Um, I jumped at, at it, and it's it's really good. It's not as in depth as these other documentaries that I just mentioned because it's like this, this aired on TV, like for a more broad general audience. Um, so there's not a lot of like you know, nerdery details, people going extremely like nerding out on this, but there's a couple of details that, um, like you can see. So you know how, you know, what's folio. That's what they call it's, it's like the, 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 the sounds like people walking, you know, the clothes, you know, just, you know, bouncing on something. Oh, right. Right. That those small sounds that's called folio. Um, and like i don't if you never even like thought about sound design maybe this would be surprising to you like almost every single thing is made like post production so not yeah, while that's shooting crazy even, how they recreate everything yeah and it's like, usually it's like one or two people in a very small room with a shit ton of like you know random items <laughs> <laughs> like and they will just they just use that to create the sounds um Especially on on like you know the like Earth, uh, thing like BBC's Planet Earth. Uh-huh. Um, did you know like almost ninety or something percent of sounds that you see that and there's like an animal documentary. Those are made in the studio. Wow, <laughs> which is crazy because you know they have like these huge like zoom lenses. They're <laughs> like on a helicopter somewhere, you know, right? Uh, getting video of a bee. Uh-huh. Of course, they don't have like microphones that can capture all that. So a lot of a lot of the sounds are man-made, and some of them are not accurate. Like for the longest time, and I've been paying closing close attention to this. So it changed recently, but for the longest time, when you hear an elephant, what do you mean it changed? You hear, uh, well, give me a second. So for the longest <laughs> time, elephants um, on these shows, like their their steps, you would hear like these very bassy stomps, like boom, boom, right? Because they're a very heavy animal, and that's what you expect. Okay, um, but an elephant in real life like it's almost silence like whilst walking you don't hear the steps almost um so and that's why i'm saying like it changed recently because i've been paying closing attention (laughs) to the most recent like planet earth 2 episodes and on the elephants they are way more silent now you can still hear some anyway um i thought it was (laughs) interesting oh man i digress i love talking about this so going back uh the folio on this movie like on by the way spoiler for the last jedi if you haven't seen the movie uh, press honestly like, if you haven't seen it by minutes. now anyway what are you doing? well let's let's respect you know there's maybe they're, they're waiting they missed the theater window and they're waiting for the home release i guess anyway um so you know skip like five minutes if you haven't seen the movie so on the we'll on crate on crate uh when luke is you know with kylo um there's no folio so you don't hear luke's footsteps um like kylo the 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 snow or whatever uh hitting kylo's lightsaber mm-hmm. there's a lot of friction that doesn't happen with luke like uh, there's okay. a lot of they were trying to like subconsciously like tell you right. that maybe something is off with luke <laughs> that totally <laughs> to went honest, over I, my head i didn't pick that up but that's amazing <laughs> the movie. but yeah awesome attention to detail yeah that's great yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm definitely gonna watch this 
Yeah, you you should. So uh, there's a lot of like uh, interesting tidbits that I'm not going to spoil it to you. So watch this show. We're going to put a link in the show notes. Yeah, for it's sure. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Nice. So that's that's it. Uh, that's my recommendation. Really cool. Oh, one thing. I don't know if they mentioned it in, in that documentary, but like one thing I always wondered is what happens when they record in very noisy environment? Like, do they get the <sighs> actors to redub themselves? Oh, yeah. That is very, very, very common in Hollywood. Okay. Redubs. Yeah. Mm. Like, ideally, you want to capture all the dialogue in, in the set. Right. Uh, but that doesn't happen, like, a lot of times. So, yes. Redubs, they are very, very common. Ah, interesting. That must be so difficult. To get it just <sighs> perfect, you know? So I think here's the trick. You don't have to be just perfect because the viewer is not expecting something to be off. Right. So you have to be way off to be <laughs> like, you know, for a user to, to detect it. What user? Oh my God. The viewer to, to pick up on it, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and there are like hilarious, you know, dubs, fails. But yeah. So it's like you have to be precise and you have to make sense and you have to fit, but not as precise as maybe you would assume. Especially on TV. Man, like I, I pick that a lot of that up. <laughs> like not only like dubs, but you know how they use like usually like on a the dialogue they use two cameras. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. you know so over the shoulder and like the, the reverse shot. There there are a lot of times that they use two different takes. So maybe the over-the-shoulder uh, shot like, is 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 one take and the reverse shot is another. But they keep the audio, of course, of one take. So like one of them is going to be, if you play, pay close attention, like it's not going to be in sync with, with the actor, <laughs> like their mouth. <laughs> you see this a lot in TV, especially on TV, uh, like a lot. <laughs> so... Maybe I ruined TV for you, but you know, pay probably close, pay attention to it. It's hilarious. It's really bad. But anyway, who cares? Okay. So, all right. What what is your what is your recommendation? All right, my recommendation this week is Black Panther. I just saw it last night. It was amazing. It was really good. Um, really enjoyed it, and I want to talk about it. I have so many things to say about it. Uh, <laughs> so go watch it. We're gonna talk about it next week. Um. So I give all of you homework. <laughs> Go watch Black Panther, um, and we're gonna discuss it uh, next week. But um, I think, like, even though, even if you are not a Mar- Marvel person and don't typically like these movies, because I don't honestly, they bore me most of the time. Um, mm. This is a, a good one to watch. So yeah, I am very curious to see it. <laughs> Like first because it's a Marvel movie, I'm really into the Marvel movies. Um, second because it has been like has been so hyped right. on Twitter, social media overall that now I'm a bit scared. Yeah, you know? tr- like try to ignore that stuff as best as you can. <laughs> okay, person who just recommended, but I, but I do uh, think like it's very well done. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, I I missed like the opportunity to watch it this weekend. I try to watch it today, but we can't really record tomorrow. So anyway, uh, yes, like Kevin said, we're 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 gonna talk about it next week on the next week's episode. 
So if you want to follow along, um, make sure to watch it. I'm really excited. And also excited that you liked it because you famously, like, you trash Marvel movies. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, they're not, like, good movies. They're just, like, Marvel movies. So yeah. I'm curious to take you up on that. So, like, the <laughs> saddest thing was uh, having to sit through the trailers for the other Marvel movies. <laughs> and I was like, I could not possibly be less interested in any of these. Except maybe the Venom movie. <laughs> um, that's not... But Right, okay, well, but uh, that's not MCU. Oh, that, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, honestly, yeah, they all seem more or less the same. Uh, but Black Panther was actually really good. So, uh, okay, fair enough. That. All right. All right. More on that next week. Yes. Um, anything else? Yeah. Um, so last week we talked about, uh, you kind of shared a playlist that you had made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had said that I would do the same. So I guess like maybe this is a sort of follow up. Um, but I created my own playlist. Um, it's on Apple Music, so I will be posting a link in the mm-hmm. in the show notes. It's sort of the music that I've been listening to listening to these days. Um, I tried to curate a list of songs that kind of go well with each other. One thing that I realized in creating playlists like this is that the order really matters and is really yeah. difficult to get right. Um, so I don't think that I've got. It 100% right yet um, so I might, might continue playing with it in the next couple of days um, but yeah you can go check it out and let me know what you think about it awesome I can't wait so let, let me just ask you uh, do you like does your does context change a lot of what you listen to meaning is the music that you tend to listen to while working very different from you know when you're like you know commuting or like you know what i mean does it change a lot yeah um so usually if i'm if i'm writing code then it'll either be no music or music that mostly doesn't have lyrics um Mm -hmm. yeah same if i'm designing then it needs to be like music like blasting like super loud (laughs) Um, cause that get, gets me excited and gets me going. Um, and the rest of the time can really just be anything based on how I feel. Um, but this is, this music, I'd say is a lot of the stuff that I've been playing at home. Um, and so if you have a home pod or nice speakers, you can put it on real loud. Um, and it's, I'd say good background music. Okay, interesting. Um, but maybe not. Like, it's this. probably not good music for coding because there's a okay, lot of like, yeah. lyrics and stuff. So. Isn't this fascinating? Because yeah, I'm I'm the same. Like, when coding for some reason, I can't be listening to someone sing like lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, designing, I'm um, all over. I, I don't care. I don't mind lyrics. It's just yeah. I need like something very high and like high tempo, like happy yeah. and usually like more poppy sounding. Um, for some reason. Well, like working out is workouts are like hip hop and hard rock. <laughs> nice. But uh, when running is very different. Uh, like when I'm running is like alternative, very high tempo, something. <laughs> and I, when I'm doing my, my running playlist, what I do is I, I usually always do like 
a very high tempo, very energetic song, like a mid energy song and a low energy song huh, and then back again interesting just because it's not that i r run in those cycles sometimes i don't but it's just that if if i'm running and i'm on like i'm sprinting i'm like i'm really i'm doing awesome and like i want to have the ability to like skip song to, to like match my energy levels right right so huh, interesting yeah so i'm looking at my playlist here and it's so it's pop a lot of alternative some R&B and soul and some electronic. <laughs> it was like an interesting combination I like of it. different types mm -hmm. of songs. Um, but yeah, listen to it. Let me know what you think. All right, I will. I will tomorrow. Sweet. <laughs> okay, uh, so everyone, this is uh, the show for this week. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, what we just mentioned, if you want to give us your recommendations, uh, you can do that at Spectrum. We are at spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout or send us your playlist yeah send us your playlist uh i like i i mentioned this last week i, I made this playlist to trying to fight the, my natural state of not making playlists <laughs> i'm not good so if you have good playlists i would love to just subscribe and listen to them um so please do that uh, you can also tweet at us we are at layout fm i am at rafa hari kevin is at vernal kick we want to give special shout outs this week to the following listeners and sticker buyers um <laughs> martin totev uh william boat uh oliver taylor faulkner disher uh chris stoner chevy nicholas peterson and james carlton thanks so much for reaching out and for some of you for buying stickers we really appreciate uh, your support. And finally, uh, you 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 heard about stickers. If you don't know what we're talking about, we are selling stickers. You can check that out at layout.fm. That's our website. You can also see show notes there. You can see links to every single episode. You can see links to subscribe. And uh, finally, this episode is sponsored by Envision. Once again, you can check them out at envisionapp.com and SpecFM Network for being our podcast family that we love um so if you want to listen to more shows and stuff you can uh, do that at uh, spec.fm right, awesome man. talk to you next week cool all right bye boom <laughs>